Welcome to Macro Peace Theater. I'm your host, Emil Kalinowski, and today's tale comes to us from Joseph Wang, and it is about the debt ceiling. Yes, financial Armageddon is visiting the United States again. It's the 12th of October on this reading, and today is a vote in the House of Representatives as to whether or not to delay the debt ceiling until December. But that's not important because, as Joseph explains in this piece, there won't be a default. Why? Because the Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve, this is not their first debt ceiling rodeo. They have thought about this and there are plans. And we're going to find out what those plans are. Now, I encourage you to check out the actual piece itself. You can find that at fedguy.com, fedguy.com. And the title is Debt Ceiling Procedures. The Fed and Treasury have seen enough debt ceilings to develop a playbook that can be pieced together from past FOMC transcripts and congressional subpoenas. The Fed does not want to interfere in debt ceiling negotiations, which are part of the political process. But a default by Treasury may trigger enough market turmoil to affect financial stability and ultimately prompt Fed action. At the moment, Treasury debt maturing around late October is already exhibiting some signs of distortion. Treasury will make noises to scare Congress into action, but it understands the importance of avoiding default and will prioritize debt payments once it runs out of headroom. Prioritization can support the Treasury market indefinitely, and even if that support is withdrawn, the Fed stands ready to act as a dealer of last resort. In this post, we detail the debt ceiling playbook as the ceiling moves from not binding to binding and review the nuclear option in case things still don't work out. Part 2. Debt ceiling not binding, issuance prioritization. Treasury has been preparing for the debt ceiling by paying down Treasury bills to increase headroom under the limit. Treasury issues debt under a regular and predictable framework, which in practice means maintaining a predictable coupon issuance schedule and meeting cash flow fluctuations by adjusting bill issuance. Coupons are longer dated Treasury securities, 2 to 30 years, while bills are shorter dated, less than one year. For example, the emergency pandemic spending last March was financed with a $2 trillion surge in bill issuance. In the same way, headroom under the debt ceiling is created by cutting bill issuance. Note that this in turn reduces investment options of bill investors and leads them to invest in the RRP, the Reverse Repurchase Agreement Program, whose balances have been steadily rising. The Fed has prepared for this deluge by raising the RRP counterparty limit from $80 billion to $160 billion in September. The market has also been preparing for the debt ceiling by rotating out of Treasury securities that mature around the October 18th drop-dead date. Major investors like the $4.5 trillion money market fund industry face restrictions in holding defaulted securities, so out of caution, they are avoiding at-risk treasuries. This creates a kink in the bill curve where at-risk bills trade at lower prices, higher yields, 
than those that mature further from October 18th. However, the kink is only 5 basis points, while it was as high as 50 basis points back in 2013. Recent bill auctions have also been well-behaved, suggesting that investors are so far largely unworried. Part 3. Debt Ceiling Binding Payment Prioritization When Treasury reaches the ceiling limit and also runs out of accounting tricks, then it will not have enough money to meet all its obligations. But it will still have enough money to meet some of the obligations. Prior administrations have claimed technical impossibility or illegality in prioritizing payments, but that was largely to exert political pressure on Congress. A 2016 congressional report, hat tip to Analyst DC, reveals the Obama administration was working with the New York Fed to prioritize debt payments and Social Security payments during the 2013 debt ceiling episode. This is essentially a compromise that maintains pressure on Congress while limiting the potential sig potentially significant financial and humanitarian costs. The same policy choice will very likely be made this time around. Cash flows from prior years suggest that Treasury can easily meet debt payments indefinitely under a prioritization framework. Note that maturing debt principle is assumed to be rolled over, so only interest payments must be paid out of cash inflows. Once debt payment prioritization is announced, then default risk disappears, and the Treasury market, including auctions, should immediately resume normal functioning. Cash inflows over the fourth calendar quarter are usually steady, with data from the prior five years showing around $850 billion in cumulative inflows. These inflows are primarily from tax receipts, with a smattering from other inflows like military equipment sales and Federal Reserve earnings. Social Security and debt interest payment outflows over Q4 have also been fairly steady the prior five years. Assuming this trend holds, the amount of cash inflows will greatly exceed the prioritized payment outflows. The biggest losers of prioritization are those who usually receive large government expenditures, the medical and defense industry, both of which are well-funded industries and can handle the liquidity squeeze and send lobbyists to hasten congressional action. Part 4. Nuclear Option. Dealer of Last Resort. In the very very unlikely event that the debt ceiling is unresolved and prioritization is discontinued, then the Fed comes to bat. Treasuries are a form of money in the financial system and their moneyness will be protected at all costs. A default opens the door to great uncertainty. How will market participants handle defaulted treasuries? the biggest disruption in the event of a default would probably be in the plumbing of the financial system. Repo lenders, who are primarily money market funds, may be unable or unwilling to accept defaulted treasuries as collateral. Repo is a multi-trillion dollar market where investors pledge securities as collateral for short-term loans. This implies a potentially significant 
and sudden loss of financing for leveraged investors. Many other investors may also be unable to hold defaulted treasuries under their investment mandate. The emergence of default risks will likely result in a volatile shift out of at-risk treasuries into other treasuries, or RRP. Treasury data indicates there are over $8 trillion in treasuries scheduled to receive principal or interest payments in Q4, so there is potential for significant disruption. The Fed has the tools and motivation to backstop any Treasury market dislocation. When the Treasury market liquidity disappeared last March, the Fed cranked up the printers and bought $1 trillion of Treasuries over just three weeks. In the same way, FOMC transcripts show the Fed is prepared to, one, provide liquidity against defaulted treasuries in its repo operations, two, offer to swap out defaulted treasuries for clean treasuries with its securities lending program, and three, fire up the printers to purchase defaulted treasuries outright. At the end of the day, the treasury market will be strongly supported as it was last March the Fed will be the treasury dealer of last resort. Well, that's very insightful. Thank you very much, Fed Guy, also known as Joseph Wang. Joseph Wang is the author of a recently published book, Central Banking 101. Why would Mr. Wang write a book, Central Banking 101? Because he spent five years working on the inside with the Fed as a trader, a senior trader, on the open markets desk. You can find a lot more insight about the inner workings of the Fed, as well as Joseph's perspective on the plumbing of the international monetary order at fedguy.com. Also on Twitter at fedguy12, and 12 is a number. Well, as I said, this was recorded on the 8th of, no, no, it's recorded on the 12th of October, the very day that the House was going to vote to delay the crisis. My favorite headline is here from Fox News, Fox Business News. House votes on temporary debt ceiling increased Tuesday, putting off potential economic crisis until December. Why procrastinate now? when you can procrastinate later. Thanks a lot, everybody in Washington, D.C. Okay, well, there's a lot more at fedguy.com and also at fedguy12 on Twitter. And importantly, in this particular blog post are some pictures, some screenshots of transcripts and documents that that, uh, confirm, corroborate Joseph's a contention that the Fed has been thinking about this and has been preparing for it, and there there is a playbook. There are handwritten notes that I'm looking at, and graphs, too. I guess I'm trying to tell you, go to the site, check out the actual blog post, which was posted on the 4th of October, Debt Ceiling Procedures. <laughs>